podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Celtic state of mind, yes it has only been one hour since we last streamed, but today is one of those days, I'm Paul John Dykes, I'm joined by Liam Carrigan over in Japan and the bold Lawrence Connolly is back on the show, it's Tuesday, this is the Axon Bulletin and we are currently managerless, gentlemen, Liam, describe mm. the last few days for me, how's it been for you from afar? Well, you know, I mean... I came home from work and I, I you know, I, I read what was happening and I thought, oh God, th- th- this is terrible. It's like, it's like losing a family member. But then I put on a Tina Turner album and it was all good, you know? It was. And, and you were obviously listening to <laughs> that. That was a joke about Tina Turner. It wasn't in the way I it was just a wee bit of light humour there. You were listening to Tina Turner <laughs> while sitting in the sun in the back garden, weren't you? Aye, aye. Yeah, hence, I, I I got a wee bit of sun, so apologies if anybody looks at my face today and gets a sudden notion of a gammon steak. Um, uh, yeah, got a wee bit sunburnt at the weekend. But no, the look, we knew this was coming. It's come earlier than we thought it would, but we go on, right? We do. We, we are do. getting a new manager in, but we're getting a new manager in in a much, much better place than when Ange came in. And we have Ange to thank for that. And let's just remember that, you know, mm-hmm. when we uh, we critique what's happened over the last few days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's important to remember that. Where we were when Ange came off that plane on his own with no backroom team um, and what we have achieved since then. What is he going to be taking to Spurs? What has he left at Celtic Park? And where do we go from here? There's loads to, to discuss. Lawrence, I'll be getting your view as always, I also want the view of the uh, listeners, those who are tuning in. Thank you for joining us on Axon once again. Stephen Sloan makes a good point, actually, and we will definitely discuss this a few weeks ago and said he had his summer signings lined up. Will we still buy those players or will the new gaffer want to bring in different players? He did talk about that, um, Lawrence, but some of the, what he has been discussing in the not-too-distant past, led you to believe that the plans were being made for next season. Did anything come as a shock to you in the last few days, or were you kind of expecting this to happen? I mean, expecting to lose him at some point. Uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm particularly worried we've lost him. No, not really, frankly, mate. You know, he was going to go at some point. We changed managers. We've done it successfully in the past. You know, if you look at Neil, you need to say was a success. Strachan was a success. Rogers, Ange, one of you. I would put him down as a success, mate. He should have had a treble his first season. Perhaps only only Neil Lennon second time round. You wouldn't say it was a success. Shouldn't be surprised we're dominant in Scotland. We are the you know the richest club. Ange's statements about having players lined up, lined up. He was obviously riding two horses at once, wasn't he? You know, making plans if he got the Tottenham job and making plans if he remained. And on, one of, and one of those horses, Lawrence, did he have spurs on his cowboy boots as well? Oh, more than likely, mate. Just, on just his, one of them. Spurs on his cowboy boots and a four-leaf clover on his chest. But, <laughs> Don't. Uh, Don't, because I want to talk about all this chest pumping stuff in a wee second. No, to Stephen's point, I think I'll be down to the new manager if he wants to sign and, you know, Tosh and team and the scout department have identified people within Celtic's budget they think it will improve the team but at the end of the day the signing whether or not the signing has got to come down to the manager isn't it? Well I would hope so and that, that is something that I think the reason Stephen's probably brought it up is because it hasn't been the case previous to Ange in the past and hopefully we don't return to that I want to start off by talking about um, what he did at the club let's start positively because Liam brought it up he walks into the club after the debacle. By the way, Lawrence, this may be a, there, there maybe is an argument to say that Neil Lennon's second tenure was also a success. It might have ended badly, but over the piece, there's maybe an argument to say, actually, yep. it was a success. But it, we know how it ended, right? It comes in. 
first things first, Liam, there is that level of success. There's a domination of the Scottish game, a double, then a treble, five trophies out of six. The style of play that he implemented at the club was a brandy football that, you know, I think it appeals to Celtic fans. It should appeal to anyone with a love of football, let's be honest. I think there was a personality there. It could be an abrasive character, but I think Celtic um, fans took us to their heart. Um, we bought into what he sold us, Liam, there's no doubt about that. And there was also a culture, something we spoke about during that final season where we needed a culture. What was the culture? We never stop was part of that. A winning mentality was part of that. Um, and it, it brought in a recruitment process, I feel, or a, a recruitment approach where we tapped into markets um, hitherto or, you know, for, for a long time we hadn't tapped into. I brought all of that to the football club. Um, what's your greatest memories of the last two years under the big fella? Um, I think the realisation for me that we were onto something really special finally hit home on that um, the delayed New Year game where we played Rangers at Parkhead in February and gubbed them 3 nothing. That was the night that I think everybody, even Ange's biggest doubters, were like, all right, we're, we're on to a winner here. Um, and our closest rival had just been well and truly scalped. So I think... Uh, and I think looking back on it in the years ahead, that might come to be... I mean, obviously winning a treble is, is special as well, but to me... I love putting one over on them, and that was one of the biggest doings that we've given a strong team from Ibrooks in in a long time. You know, mm. we gave them a few tankings when they were just getting promoted and whatever. But yeah, yeah, that was them supposedly at full strength, top of the league at the time, mm -hmm. and we absolutely ripped them apart. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and again, you've got to remember. Uh, all the positives. I think that uh, it's pretty raw, actually. You know, it's just been announced today. It gets announced first by Spurs, then by Celtic. I just feel that, you know, we are the dominant force in Scottish football, but the minute the um, teams from the EPL come into play, Lawrence, it's almost as if they rule the roost um, in many, many ways. And, you know, there was a there was a moment during the cup final where the camera panned over to... Peter Lowell and Dermot Desmond, and they looked absolutely miserable, fuming, all of the above. Um, we knew, if you didn't know already then, something was afoot. Um, and the way that this has been kind of handled, the way it's been, you know, it's played out, I don't think it's shown us as a football club in terms of how the board have dealt with this in a, partic a particularly good light once. I don't think we've dealt with this at all the way we should have done. I don't think the conversation to uh, give Anja an improved deal should have been um, on the 18th of May, if indeed that was the first time that Dermot Desmond had flown in to, to give him that improved deal. Um, and if that is the case, when should he have been sat down to talk terms? When do you think the time was right for that? Yeah, I think they should have been speaking to him at the end of the first season. I think the end of the first season, pretty clear with the manager, it was more than decent, revitalised the club, Great style of play, and it had, you know built an affinity with, it, with the fans and improved the play, playing squad. Who knows? You know, the board might have spoken to him then. You know, we'd be down the hands to, to to sign a deal. Well, there's rumours that not long before he left, he verbally agreed a deal with Dermot Desmond, and he agreed to spend at Celtic Park and at Barrafield, but all of a sudden his agent wasn't available. If that's true, you know, Cats and a completely different light, you know, to verbally agree something, then move on. But for Celtic, yeah, definitely at the end of his first season. But again, it'd be down to Ange when he wants to sign. And, and part of this might come down to Ange after his first season at Celtic, knowing, you know what, I'm good enough for this. And you've got, Ange wasn't a Celtic support before he came. His dreams weren't managing Celtic. You know, his ambitions for himself is to manage at the top level. And managers see that as the premiership. Obviously not Spurs. You, you know, I think he, he's got designs on a Liverpool job at some point. So for Ange, at the end of the first season, would he sign, signed a, an extended deal? I've no doubt at, at the end of that, he'd have, you know, I can do this here. He always backs himself. He'd have been looking down south. I don't think managing Celtic changed his aspirations for himself in any way, shape or form. At some point, he's always going to move down the, 
I get that. But see, after season one, like you mentioned, Lawrence, right? After that first campaign, and he wins a double, and he's basically not done that much in Europe, if you're uh, an EPL side looking in. Um, if he's offered the Spurs job, then he's going to take it. If he's offered an EPL job, then what I think this has proved is that he would have taken it then. I don't think anyone was interested then. I don't think there was a, any other offer. So that, for me, would have been the moment. That would have been the golden moment, the opportunity to then. And people are saying it, it makes no difference. Well, it does, because it makes well, a difference it makes when it comes to the compensation. Totally, it makes a difference to compensation, but there may not have been anyone in, interested, but Ange might have been going, you know what? I don't want to sign a, a three-year deal of no point. No intention of keeping him. You know, the 12-month rule might have suited him. But Celtic should definitely have speaking, been speaking to him then if they weren't. You know, they've definitely been asleep at the wheel. Should we say? I think we've got to be stronger in situations like that, Liam. Um, you know, because you've given an opportunity to a manager um, who obviously wanted to manage in Europe. Um, he'd, he'd done brilliant things elsewhere. He'd won um, honours in two different continents prior to coming to Celtic. He's now... Uh, on the European map, he'd obviously been interviewed for the AEK Athens job. He didn't get it. He comes to Celtic. And at that point, um, I think after the first season would have been the time. And and by the way, this isn't the hindsight. We've been talking about it on this broadcast since then. We've been talking about it since that day that that happened. So, yeah, that's a frustration for me because people are saying, well, you know, five million quid's okay for a 12-month rolling contract. And I get that, I get that, but four years ago, on a, on a half-decent uh, deal in terms of the length of the deal, we got £9 million quid for Brennan Rodgers to Leicester. Uh, Spurs are a bigger and a richer club than Leicester, and we're only getting £5 million quid for a gaffer who I think um, you know, could have taken us into uh, territory next season, Liam. Uh, that would have been, I'm not going to say generational, but you know, it would have been an improvement on what we're used to in terms of European football. Is it a frustration for you that we've maybe, as a club, allowed this to happen to the point where it's all too late in the day when we do try and entice them because the agent's telling them you know, what Spurs are interested Well, here's the thing, right? And just, just, just for a second, I'm going to ask you to be a bit dispassionate and step out of the Celtic supporting sphere for a minute, right? When Ange left Yokohama mid-season to go to Celtic, Yokohama fans were not happy, right? Mm. But but they did not blame Ange and they did not blame their club because they realised where the J-League is in the global food chain. And they realised in terms of status, in terms of prestige, in terms of opportunity, Celtic was a measurable step up from Yokohama Marinos, right? We are now, unfortunately, in the same boat. Spurs are, as much as they are a, a smaller club than us in every metric except financial, they are above us in the food chain at the moment. The, you know, the old, uh, the old Star Wars quote, there's always a bigger fish. Mm. And unfortunately, Spurs are the bigger fish in this regard. Now, we could have given Ange a long-term deal last season. We should have. But ultimately, if he wanted to go to Spurs and the same opportunity had, ar- had arisen under the same circumstances, all it would have meant is we might have got $10 million instead of $5 million. He would still have gone, and we would still be in the same position we're in now. So, aye, it would be nice if we could have got a few more quid for him. I certainly rate him more as a manager than I do Brendan Rodgers, but that's another story. Um, but ultimately, we are where we are, and other clubs have had to deal with it, and now we're the ones that have to deal with it. It's not pleasant, it's not a good place to be, but it's a damn sight better than where we were two two years ago. So I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, it definitely is a better uh, position to be in than we were back then, Liam, no doubt about it. But, I mean, again, another kind of more wide-ranging discussion point that we've had on Axom since day one, six years ago, is around where we play our football, where we are in the food chain. And a lot of people disagree with it. There's people in the Axom group who contribute to a Celtic state of mind who would rather we always stay in Scotland, play our football here. I think moments like this remind you that this is why you know, if you want to progress, if you want to be bigger, if you want to join um, an elite, then it wouldn't uh, be within Scottish football because there's drawbacks 
there's a limit, there's a ceiling. This is the ceiling. The minute Spurs come in for your manager or a player, you have no chance of keeping them. You have absolutely no chance of keeping them. Now, Spurs, talking to them as a football club, I found it very interesting indeed. And I mentioned this earlier that Alan Morrison had a brief look at, obviously, Brendan Rodgers' tenure at uh, Leicester City. didn't end well, but he did pretty well in his first three seasons. Um, And I think it's going to be interesting to compare how Ange does at Spurs. You would expect Spurs to do better than Leicester, right? You would. Um, It would be interesting to see how Ange does at Spurs. Is it a poison chalice, this job? Lawrence Connolly taking the the job at Spurs. Big, big club. uh, Loads of Champions League experience. I'm going to have to stop you there. I I, kind of care about taking a job at Spurs. So, um, really... What Ange does at Spurs. What we're talking about is a, is a manager leaving Celtic for something else. And and I'm no, asking but, 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 you, is that but, a poison but, chalice that he's taken? Yeah, as soon as it, he's left Celtic, I really don't care if he's taking a, a poison chalice, the land of milk and honey. Don't care. Move on. Let's think about the new manager. World record eighth treble. Ange is out of the building, mate. Do I care how, how he does from now on in? No. No way, shape or form. So you don't care if he's a success or an absolute failure? Yep, don't care, mate. He's left. See you later, Ange. Thanks for the memories. That's it, mate. <laughs> you know? This man, he's like, you know, you, have, you ever read that John Ronson book, The Psychopath Test? You you are Celtic's <laughs> version of that. You're emotional. There's no emotion. No, I'm done. I'm done. He's gone. Well, Lawrence, you know, the, the name of Brendan Rogers has been getting touted about as well. He's obviously the bookie's favourite as far as Betfair are con- get concerned. Um, he might come back into the sphere of Celtic. You never know. Stranger things have happened, right? Um, I don't think seven days ago, Liam would have been talking about Brendan Rodgers replacing Ange Postacoglu. That would have seemed like an absurd concept a, a week ago. Uh, you know, when I still talking. think it is, personally, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, well, a lot of people are. It's one of the ones uh-huh. that they divide opinion. Lawrence, I'm not criticising you, man. I just think, yeah, there is a, there's a sequel. There is a Celtic psychopath test. And um, I think you are going to be in it for sure. Right. What do we reckon then about the heart pounding on Saturday? Not quite badge kissing, right? And then you're doing that on the Saturday and you're leaving on a Tuesday. That sounds like a Craig David song, right? And pounding his chest to the Celtic support. He's won a treble. Yeah, I think he's entitled to that. He's entitled to enjoy it. You know, he's part of that massive achievement. But now he's left for Spurs. And you know, it really gets me, and I guess this is probably feeding into something Lawrence has just said. I'm getting sick of buying into people. I just want the best people to do the job. I'm not, you know, that emotional side of it, Liam, you, you basically build yourself up for a fall, don't you? But that's the thing, right? Why do I spend 200 plus quid every year on Celtic tops? Why have I forked out about two weeks' wages? to go and watch two Celtic, two effectively meaningless Celtic games next month because it's the only chance I'll get to see Celtic probably for the next 10 years, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Football fans, being a football fan, whether it's Celtic, Spurs, the, the tribute act from Govan, whatever, you are setting yourself up for emotional manipulation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the people yeah. who own these clubs know that. And the commercial people that work there know that and ultimately players and managers know that as well now do i think Ange was being deliberately deceptive or disingenuous with his heart pumping and he's like waving at the crowd whatever no i think that's just the kind of guy he is i think he gets fired up because if you look back to when he won the league with yokohama their first title in 15 years might i add he was exactly the same. He's a wholehearted, passionate guy, and wherever he goes, it's 100%, he buys into it. And that is why I think so many Celtic fans are essentially in a kind of a mourning period right now, because he bought into us. He did. While he was here, he fully bought into what Celtic were all about, and we bought into him because Mm -hmm. we saw him as one of our own. But here is the kicker. He was not raised a Celtic fan, right? He was not, his undying loyalty is not to Celtic. His undying loyalty is to his family, quite clearly. 
and he's made the value judgment. He's done well at Celtic. He will be remembered in time. Once the raw feelings go away, he'll be remembered as a great manager who took us from one of our lowest periods of recent decades to one of our highest. And we'll thank him for that. And I, if I ever meet the guy, I hope I have the opportunity to shake his hand and buy him a pint. That is my feeling on it. But he's got to do what's best for his family. Even if he's wearing one of the black Spurs jerseys, Liam, you know, the Willen black Spurs jerseys round neck with the wee Spurs oh, don't, me, don't get me started on Spurs. <laughs> just like... See, I'm in two minds of this. On one hand, I wish Ange well. On the other hand, I hope those arrogant, entitled muppets that follow Spurs get bloody relegated next season. I'm really, I really am in two minds about it. The impact. I want Ange to do well enough that he gets, gets to a bigger club, then Spurs get relegated. That's kind of the ideal scenario for me <laughs> next season. <laughs> I mean, when you see, and I know... Lawrence, you've probably not been following it because you no longer care because he's out of the building. But they, honestly, the response that you've seen, the reaction that you've seen by Spurs fans to Ange going down there, um, take the Celtic fans' reaction and maybe the, some of the media uh, reaction and times it by uh, several hundred. And you've got it in there. I mean, they were protesting not to, to bring Ange to the club. I think they're going to get a bit of a shock. Uh, what about yourself then, Ange? If you look at uh, Ange, I'm calling you Ange, Lawrence, I'm already, you know, I'm just, I can't forget the big man. Um, what was what was the, the finest moments for you under Ange Postacoglu? Oh, I'd say uh, Tony Ralston's Rebirth. 95th fourth minute winner was absolutely cracking you know it was never stopped I think they just encapsulated that season the game Liam's talked about first half against Real Madrid so I think kind of those three instantly spring to mind yeah the first 60 against Real Madrid you know you had that moment with Maeda in front of goal I'm going to watch a couple of games back this week because there's going to be points of discussion and one of the, the, the ties that I'm going to watch both legs back is going to be the Bodo Glimt games okay uh, for a few reasons I want to look at the style of play I remember I was being very impressed with him at the time but obviously the manager uh, Nutson has been uh, quoted in the odds um, I'm going to ask you though Liam because you've got an insight into a market that you know we don't have a great knowledge of here I've got to admit are there any managers in Japan, I mean, obviously, um, we were able to bring Ange to the club from the Japanese league. Previous to that, we brought Vim Janssen to the club. Uh, are there any managers out there that maybe are just bubbling under the radar? Well, I probably picked the wrong day to wear an orange top for what I'm about to say. But uh, Kevin Muscat. Um, Kevin Muscat replaced Ange at Yokohama and won the league again in 2021. And as I said to you before, Yokohama were not a team that won the league every year, right? Ange did it for the first time in 15 years. Muscat came in, replaced him, and did it again. Um, he did similar at Melbourne Victory, where he was Ange's assistant for a time before Ange moved on. He buys into a very similar style of football that Ange had at Celtic and at Yokohama. And the thing is, we remember him for the, the 22 games that he had at, uh, at uh, Serpent Mountain or whatever you want to call it. Um, that's right, Serpent, is it Snake Mountain or Serpent Snake Mountain? Mountain. Because people always say Castle Grace, Colin, it's no, because that's where the good guys live. That's where the good guys were, aye, exactly. Aye. Right, anyway, Skeletor's Hoose, right, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, <Home> aye. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Um, you know, we only think about the 22 games he had there and how much of a thuggish reputation he had to the point where they did not want to play him against us because they were so sure he would get sent off. But the Kevin Muscat you see now, the manager, is a completely different character. Um, I can't think of a better way to say it other than he's grown up. He is a very astute operator, plays a very good style of football. Yokohama are a great team to watch. Um, and... You know, again, if we went in for him, we would almost certainly get him because as much as Yokohama will be like, oh, damn it, Celtic, stop stealing our managers, mm. they'll also accept they accept their part in the food chain. And I've said yeah. before that historically, this is why Japanese players go for relatively cheap fees because they know that to play in Europe is a dream 
and the clubs in Japan do not stand in the way of that. And it's the same with managers that have an opportunity to go and manage in Europe. Because what Ange did with us, it's not just good for Australian football, it's good for Japanese football as well, because it validates the J-League. Yeah. As much as it validates Australian football. So, you know, they'll be hoping... If, if we did make a move for Kevin Muscat, I believe that Yokohama would not stand in his way, even though losing him mid-season would be a hell of an inconvenience for him. I think it's very interesting to get that insight from Liam Lawrence. It really is. And obviously, going back to that same well, yeah, they'll be going, thinking Celtic again, coming back for another gaffer. Um, there's obviously that question, Lawrence, around the fact that he used to play for Rangers. Does that bother you in any way, shape or form? So, initially, initial actions, no, wouldn't have him. But then, you know, when Desmond was trying to sign Fergie as a Celtic manager, yes, they have him. You know, so I suppose it's a good example. Yeah. You know, is he the best manager out there for his his Kevin Musket? Really, their best chance? What do we want to achieve? You know, we want to remain dominant in Scotland and progress in Europe. Does he guarantee that? Don't know, mate. You know, I, I, th- I think he's he's a gamble. I think there'll be other managers out there that are, are more a, would guarantee his continued dominance in Scotland and progress in Europe. I think Muscat's more a gamble, and you know he's, he's definitely somebody that you, you know, should be under consideration. He's followed Ange before with great success. You know, he knows how to take over an Ange squad and get the best out of it, mm. but. Are we more than just an Ange squad, you know, we're Celtic, you know, it's maybe not the thing we should be trying to emulate, someone that can just take over an Ange squad, we want somebody that can take over a Celtic squad and progress it. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, people have spoken about Brendan coming back, obviously the way he left wasn't good, but, you know, he gave us an invincible season. Mm-hmm. He won seven out of seven trophies he played for and built the foundations of a quadruple treble, you could argue better return than Ange gave us in terms of trophies you know he won everything so if, if he's in the market I, I, you know there's rumours he's approached Celtic who knows you've got David Moyes ex-Celtic player you know Fergie rated him as a manager might win a Europe, European trophy probably stroll up here you know so I think there's a there's a lot of guys there we could go and, and, and probably get it's down to the ambition of the board, isn't it? How much yeah. they're paying wages, what kind of transfer budget they're going to give them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It comes into ambition. I, I, I want to talk about the recruitment process because it is a concern of mine. But before I do that, I'm keen to get as many people involved in the discussion as possible. You'll be itching to talk about uh, what's going on at Celtic Park at the moment. Urban Culture, new manager, needs to be well bedded in along with new signings before our visit to Ibrox. Well, this is a thing. We're going into next season just, I would say, a week ago, thinking to yourself, well, we've got money in the bank. You know, Ange's got signings lined up. Um, our main challengers uh, are losing X, Y, and Z. And then all of a sudden, there's a wee twist in the tail. Um, you Here's and Boy... Did a dip in form, you know, when the meaningless games coincide with Ange starting to speak with Spurs? Well... Lawrence, I think it is a good point because obviously there's a lot of guesswork. You, you spoke about a rumour before. There's loads of rumours. You, you hear them on WhatsApp. There's in-the-know people. There's sources, all this kind of stuff. But the fact of the matter is our, our form dipped uh, quite dramatically, right, um, after we had won the league and people talk about, right, OK, you've got your success. There's going to be a natural dip-off. And I get all that, but, I mean... The Easter Road game in particular, I felt, was a capitulation. Ibrox was, you know, a non-starter. And now it makes more sense to me, Lawrence. I, I'm not I convinced. The ball. Yeah, and, and I think that it's difficult to, to um, go into your workplace, particularly when you need to have the buy-in of every single player in that squad every single time. There, there needs to be that buy-in every single time you take the field. A play, what if there's an element of doubt because the gaffer isn't quite himself and why is he not himself is he looking elsewhere are some there uh, players are going to talk as well Lawrence you know and Definitely. you, you start to you, ask yourself that here's something about Davey Moyes he's maybe somebody that wouldn't leave us for the premiership you know he's been there done that long enough no you're right you know you talk about how do we protect ourselves going forward of that happening again maybe 
bringing a manager that doesn't want to go back there. At this point in his career, when he's done it, and he's done it with more than one club in that division, you know, some, I thought, you know, the longevity of his Everton career, what he'd done at that club, when you look at where they are now, uh, Manchester United, they probably, I think they pulled the trigger prematurely on his tenure there, but is there a bigger job? I know they're, at the moment, not the most successful in the league, but is there a bigger job than that? Well, there's not many in the English league. So, yeah, I think it's a great point. And, and what you said there about us um, dropping down a few gears, was it in the minds? And then you start looking at the embraces on the Hamden Park when Jota's coming off the park. You can start reading into everything now. Uh, we might have to dedicate a whole show to that at some point as well. John Sweeney um, is in. Think we are in for a mini rebuild, as I think all the Japanese players will be gone and Jota as well by <laughs> August. And recruitment <laughs> has got to be spot on. I, I don't actually see it as a as a mini rebuild. I don't see it as a rebuild, Liam. I think that at this moment in time, we're probably expected to lose one or two players. Those mm. one or two may well be Japanese players. And if, if they were to be, you're probably looking at the two best, in my opinion. I know that you're, you're a massive Maeda fan, but I think... No, Atate, they're going to have better players, no question. They're going to have loads of interest. Um, will that interest come from Spurs? I don't know. But um, in terms of a rebuild, I think we... I, I think we actually approach the recruitment in terms of numbers very much as we were going to anyway, Liam. How does that affect recruitment this summer? This is where it's going to, we're going to see how much of the kind of the change in how we've brought our players in in the last couple of years has been about Ange and how much of it has been about a cultural change at the club. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, Ange's knowledge of the J-League gave us access to these new markets, mm-hmm. right? But, Ange had never managed in Korea. Ange knew nothing about the K-League. Well, I'm not saying he knew nothing. He did his research, obviously, but he's never managed it. Yet we still managed to go out and sign a Korean international. Mm-hmm. Um, the will is there to continue exploiting these markets if the new guy that comes in is on board with it. Now, this is why I kind of... Now, look, David Moyes has accomplished great things in football, right? But I think his specialism is in taking teams that are bad and making them average, right? He takes a team who maybe have finished 15th and gets them up to 7th. That's kind of his forte, right? Um, I don't think he's a guy who's going to, like, try and win league titles and try and compete in the Champions League. Oh, I mean, he'll try, but I don't think he's the right fit for that kind of job. And also... Looking at who he signed at West Ham, he strikes me as a kind of an old school type who who likes these big, powerful players, mostly Central European based. Um, I don't see him being a sort of guy who's going to fly out to Osaka to check out a new winger, you know. Um, and the other issue is that I think that you might have a similar issue if Brendan Rodgers came back, because again. His signing policy was very Eurocentric. Um, so I hope that whoever comes in, and as I've said, you know, I'll, Neil McCallister, I think it should be Kevin Muscat, but whoever it's going to be, I hope that it's someone that has the same, will allow the recruitment process to continue to be as expansive as it is. Because we can't afford to sign players for Spain, France, Germany anymore. We can still afford players from Japan, Korea, Australia, and the US. Those um, are the markets we need to operate in. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you've nailed your colours to the mast, Liam, because it's good that we're going to, with the amount of Axon contributors, we're going to have a lot of different opinions on this one. There will be an appointment of a manager at some point over the summer. Um, I want to talk about my concerns in relation to the recruitment of that manager, but I didn't. I don't think I got your definitive Choice. Who would be your choice, Lawrence, to come to Celtic to replace Ange? Just now, uh, listen. I, I think Davy Moyes definitely in with a shout. I'm not too sure. You know, definitely just now, mate. You know, well, probably look at it and consider a bit longer. But I'm looking at Moyes and thinking, the Texas from an English club taking him. Fergie's obviously rates him as a manager. He knows a bit about football. I do think you know Man United pulled the trigger on a bit soon. It's in a European final just now. He's a former Celtic player. You know, some people are saying, oh, his style of football w- wouldn't suit. You know, he'd want more physical players in. Well, I've actually heard people saying that about 
Ange team sometimes in general we get bullied a wee bit too much. We need to be a bit more physical. Maybe that would build on the, the good work that Ange has already done. Now, not a lot of people fancied Strachan when he came in. You know, a bit more physical. Or, and Eels teams were all big. You know, Very so, physical. I mean, that was yeah. one of the big things with signings, Lawrence, was the fact that we were definitely not going to be bullied. We were not but, going to be but, bullied or dominated by Rangers at that point. Yeah. But look, listen, we're football players as well. I, I think, you know, we weren't simply... You know, big physical guys. That was one of the attributes they had, and I think it's maybe one of the things that we would have lacked in, in Europe. Certainly, at set pieces, we're not imposing, are we? You know, That's one of the biggest criticisms that we we tend to have. So, it's a set Murray, piece issue. Yeah. You know, Moyes comes in, brings in some physical guys. Maybe that could address that issue and marry it with what Ange's left. I've no doubt. You know, it'd be successful in Scotland. You know, McCann said. You know. Money doesn't guarantee success, but no money guarantees no success. Well, you know, we're the richest club in Scotland. We've been dominant this century. Uh, you know, if Moyes comes in, that continues. Question is, can he progress as in Europe for me? You know, he's doing it with West Ham. You know, in a final. I get they've got more money than us, but yeah, I think he could, probably could progress as in Europe. Two great arguments for two completely different managers. Lawrence, at the moment, is uh, looking at David Moyes and Kevin Muscat as a choice of Liam Carrigan. What does you and Boy Martin think? In you come, Ewan. I uh, hope you're doing well, my friend. I know that your nerves have been absolutely shattered recently um, over the last few days. Sadly, integrity Day doesn't exist in modern football. I'll tell you what, integrity existed with this fella, didn't it? This mm. man right here. Yeah, Tommy Burns, the main man. We believed in Ange, but the lure of the EPL was too great. I thought he owed us one more season, but he is gone and we move on. Celtic forever. He owed us another season. I felt that there was a there was a loyalty aspect there, but I'm now of the view that uh, I'm getting more into the kind of Lawrence Conley psychopath test uh, thinking in modern soccer is, uh, you know, there is no th- such thing as integrity or loyalty. And once they're gone, Lawrence, they're gone. Who cares what they do, right? Unless we're exactly. trying to bring them back. Yeah. So, unless we've got a sell-on clause. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, David Moyes left. How dare he? Where did he go when he left? Shrewsbury. He left Shrewsbury, for Shrewsbury. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that was David's choice, was it? It was a <laughs> fully uh, competitive for his spot, yeah, he wasn't getting a game, was he? So he no. had to move. But did he leave 82-83, was it? Must have been. I mean, there is a there is a few games where, where you're looking at him thinking that, you know, he's coming through, but um, he could he could well become a first-team regular. But then you look at his playing career and it kind of tailed off. He ended up at Dunfermline and then, of course, Preston, and that's where the managerial... Uh, the thing is, he was, he was one of the youngest... Um, registered coaches in Scottish football. He got his badges whilst he was a young guy at Celtic. He always knew he was going to go into coaching. Marquis, and finally cashed his winning lotto ticket then. Any news from the club about who's going to lead us into the Champions League? Absolutely no news whatsoever. And that's what leads us on to the recruitment. And my way of thinking here, I'm going to look at the last two. Lawrence has already mentioned the fact that Dermot Desmond wanted Roy Keane and we got uh, Ronnie Dyla. Was that you that mentioned that, Lawrence? I well, mean, Kevin. Every day has been at one point what St. Fergie was saying. No, no. Would we have a former reign? No, no, no. I know. I know. It's just remember we got Ronnie Dyla, but we were trying to get Roy Keane, and Ronnie was going to be the number two. I think it was Kevin earlier on that mentioned that. Um, in terms of recruitment, you know, one or two things about recruitment, Lawrence, so it's going to be interesting to get your view on this, right? If you look at when we recruited Ange, I wrote a blog on it the other day there. We didn't. We didn't, as much as the PR machine wants us to believe that we did, we didn't um, have Ange on the radar until we got the uh, knockback from Eddie Howe. The dates don't line up, right? So, Ange posted so, 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 so here's the thing, mate. The, the dates of con- You're taking the dates from when Ange said there was contact with him. People be on your radar before you make contact with them. No, but that's not about being on a radar. I'm talking about a two-horse race. No, no, no. No, what I'm talking about, Lawrence, is a two-horse race for a managerial appointment and we putting all our money on Eddie and not even oh, speaking okay. to Ange. Not even speaking to Ange. Celtic were yeah. not on Ange's radar until he got a phone call on the 28th of May, which yeah. was the day Eddie Howe knocked us back. In terms of recruitment, he should have been on Celtic's ra- radar. You know, there should have been more than the of managers that anyone put time with players saying, look, these guys could fit. You know, these guys are of interest to us. We guys won't know they're on a database. 
<laughs> you, you know? No, no, no. I'm not talking being on a database. I'm talking about having a proper recruitment process where there's a group of people for a job who you sound out, who you speak to, and then from that you have a preferred. From that you have a preferred. From that you have a preferred candidate. Lord, yeah. So you don't just speak to one person for the job. No, totally. What I'm saying is, before you even speak to people, you build yeah. a pool. You know, right. So, so the point stands. Back to building the pool. The point stands. We chased one person for the job. Although Eddie Howe may totally kind of let us down the garden path. You know, and I said at time, you know, uh, time kills deals. It, it dragged on too long, Eddie Howe. And, and the previous one to that was Neil Lennon. What was the recruitment process for the best candidate at that time? What was the process? For Neil Lennon getting that job? Off with Lenny, mate. Uh, I, I believe it's in the showers. I, I, I doubt it, mate. You know, uh, the first time round, obviously, they, he had an audition. I was surprised he got a job after failing at Hamden, you know, after taking over from Mowbray. But who knows? But if you want to look at the managers of the 20th century, you know, I think they said earlier, Neil, whoever's running this recruitment process has probably ran. The process for all of them. Anil, would we say is it success? Strachan, would we say is it success? Rogers, would we say is it success? Dale, you're unlucky not to get treble this first season. Was it a success? Lenny, first time round, success. Ange, success. It, the outcome seems to be that we've been the dominant club this century in Scotland. To say that the recruitment process isn't working, you know, it can certainly. No, what I've said, point. what I've said is the last two. The recruitment process wasn't even a process. We we had one person on our radar, one person we had spoken to, and we left it far too late. He knocks you back. You've got nothing else. Neil Lennon, right? You're honestly trying to tell me there's a recruitment process when Lennon, who's on gardening leave, suspended because his behaviour at Hibs replaces no, no, Brendan, Ro- Brendan Rogers. I'm talking about the last two recruitment processes haven't been good enough, Lawrence. I've not heard an argument oh. to tell me otherwise. So if you, if you want to look at the outcome, was Ange a success? We got lucky with Ange. We got lucky with Ange. We didn't We yeah. didn't even speak to him until Eddie Howe gave us a knockback. So, was he a success? We would have been on our radar even without us speaking to him. I'm talking about the process, not the outcome. I'm talking about the recruitment process has to be better. And it has to be better this time round. You can't just have one person on a, a sheet of paper and chase them until they tell you they don't want the job. So, at, at the point of going to how how became the one person from the process? I don't think they just went, ah, who is it? Said how without speaking who to Who else was part well, of that process? They had, I, I don't know, but at one point they went, right, how's a man? They've spoke to him. How's agreed to come? Oh, so you were happy with the recruitment done. process when Ange got the job? You were happy with that? With, with Ange getting the job? No, no, no. You were happy with the recruitment process when Ange got so, the job? The process that they taken us through was the team is up to how? I thought that lasted too long. The let how street. It was a shambles, mate. mate it was a shambolic let, process. Let Eddie Howe, you know, take the, take them down a garden path. They should have pulled out, you know, when he wasn't signing. Pretty quickly after him not signing, they identified Ange, got him in, got him in the building. It was fairly rapid, wasn't it? Did it lead well, to success? No, that's fine, but that's not what I'm asking. I'm not talking about the process. The process was shambolic. And for Eddie Howe to manage to lead Celtic on that long, what I'm saying now, I don't have the confidence as I'm sitting here right now in the same people not to make the same mistake. So the managers, the same people the managers appointed this this century. I'm not talking about all all managers. I'm talking about the last two. Out of the managers have appointed, who would you say... No, 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 it's the recruitment process, Lawrence. We got really lucky with Ange. I'm going to throw well, it over to, we to Liam to, to see what Liam thinks. we get lucky with Strachan? No, I'm not talking about Martin O'Neill or Gordon Strachan. Yeah. I'm talking about the recruitment process when we yeah, got Ange Sports the Goblue and yes. when we got Neil Lennon. I'm going to go over to Liam. Liam, what's your thoughts? Are you confident that we're going to go through a correct recruitment process? Am I confident? No. Right, I'm not confident, but I'm never confident with anything business-wise when it when it concerns Celtic. But here's the thing: the Eddie Howe situation was largely a media-manufactured situation, right? I'll bet that a lot of managers who sign contracts with clubs of Celtic's international profile 
might go through weeks and weeks and weeks of protracted negotiations. The difference is they don't have to do it while they have a hostile media looking to sabotage it at every opportunity. We do. Our problem there was one, yeah, one, we allowed Eddie Howe to string us on for far too long. But I think uh, just to slightly um, kind of disagree with you here, Paul, I think that what Lawrence said is, is apt in the sense that Celtic must have had a plan B and that was Ange, right? If Eddie Howe didn't work out. The problem was the process was flawed because they spent far too long courting Eddie Howe. When you're offered the chance to manage a team like Celtic, if you don't immediately say, yes, give me the contract, to me, that's not the kind of manager we want, right? Ange was offered the chance and the next day he took it, right? Because he knew that he was going to a massive club. Um, I don't think Eddie Howe had that same appreciation for Celtic. Now, to give him his due, he's never said anything disrespectful about Celtic. He just simply said it didn't work out and mm. whatever. Fair enough. But I do not think he fully appreciated the magnitude of the job that managing Celtic is. And I want to make sure that our next manager is someone who does appreciate and is genuinely appreciative of the opportunity. Um... Now, the, the process, interestingly enough, just as we were talking, I got a message there from our group saying that Enzo Maresca is now the favourite with the bookies. Right. So, that's Cur- an Currently at Man City. Currently at Man City. Yep. yep. But um, given their link with the City group, which, again, links back to this international network of contacts, if we don't get Kevin Muscat, he would be my plan B. I th- well, listen, a lot of people are going about what's happened in Italy. Now, I don't know what this means, Lawrence, uh, because I don't know how we normally settle debates. There's only one way to settle that. Does that mean that you and I have to meet up in a car park somewhere? I hope not. It used to be, uh, was it Rose Street, mate? We used to meet up, get a pint and a bit of lunch. That's right, yeah. No, that's exactly where we normally meet up. Aye, and we still disagree. Gary Melrose um, thinks, although I'm right, we, can, we can't rely on luck again. Lawrence is right too, though. Remember, Postacoglu was Spurs' third choice after yeah. one and two rejected him. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean to say your second choice isn't going to be a good one. Uh, my concern is we were fine by the seat of our pants by the time Eddie Howe gave us a knockback and obviously Peter Lowell used his contacts and then before... Before we knew it, Ange Postecoglou was in the door 14 days later. Rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, you could try a wee bit of that. Um, City Group again with Enzo Maresca. I don't have an issue with the City Group contacts. They've, they've served us well, both with players and with management, Lawrence. There, there's no issue for me. Yeah, you know, it's proven a, a, a good uh, hunting ground in previous recruitment processes whether for players or, or coaches. So, yeah, no issue with him. the fact he's at City Group. City Group, you know, tend to employ the best. Obviously, we took hands from a City Group club. So, yeah, I wouldn't rule him out for being with City Group. It's probably, you know, a firm of this cap that City, you know, if you see City Group on his CV, it means he's decent. Uh, there was something coming up there, Lawrence, that's kind of taken me by surprise, but someone is asking for a dance-off. I've never seen you in action um, <laughs> so I don't know if you're up for that or not. When we look at what Anne's done well, we're talking all about culture, personality, style, success, recruitment. What do you think he could have done better, Liam? Um, hmm. It's a difficult question because, you know, uh, how do you improve it on a, t- on a, a system that's just got as a treble? <laughs> that's the, I really think that the... Celtic need to have a better international scouting network. That 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 much is obvious, right? We've signed Japanese players because ultimately they have been players of the year with their respective clubs, right? That's the sort of stuff that you can get from browsing the internet, right? That's why we signed a guy like uh, Idiguchi, who through largely through injury, not through any fault of his own was not up to the job at Celtic. And unfortunately, that's going to be an issue until we get a full and complete international scouting network. Now, the City Group are kind of a backdoor into that because they have this network of clubs around the world. 
And like I said before, not meaning to sound condescending or arrogant, I certainly do not want to sound like a Spurs supporter, but teams that are below us in that food chain, we can take talent from them, be it managerial or player. And the City Group will facilitate that. Yeah. So yeah. I think... Like that's why I said quite clearly, if we, if Kevin Muscat is not going to be on the radar, um, Mariska would be a good second choice for me because I, I I value that international network above other things because I said I've said numerous times on here when Ange does go and I didn't think it'd be this soon, but when he goes, I want the culture that has come with him to continue, mm-hmm. and I think that. Obviously, we're not privy to all the deals that go in the background. I think the City Group, uh, their relationship with Peter Lawwell, their relationship with the Celtic board, their network has played a large part in what Ange was able to do in terms of bringing players in in the two years that he was with us. Yeah, I, I just don't know why it's an issue to some people. You know, the role of the eyes, oh, it's another City Group. I tell you, it's a great, for me, it's, it's a great pool of talent to be able to to dip into Lawrence if you've got contacts in there and as I say I think it's fared us really really well um, I, I don't know if you've got your your ear to the ground coffee says what search Rogers moved back to Glasgow weeks ago did he? Um, I'm not so sure about that I don't know I, I'm not saying that's not true um, AJSC Tech Knutson is the fans favourite but the fans favourites are really appointed it's a name as I say that I think came to uh, my attention, there's a lot of people who have got their finger on the pulse throughout European football, but uh, obviously the way that his team lined up and uh, dispatched of Angie's team two seasons ago now, if we're looking at uh, the current treble winning team being last season and uh, I, I will look back on that to have a look at their style um, and see exactly what it is he has to offer. I know that, um, was it Jan Fjortov was singing his praises on the socials yesterday, Lawrence, saying that he could well be the guy that takes over um, and by the way, Jungle Lion is right. What a time to take over. But something Jungle Lion asked the other day, and I never brought it up, is if Ange has left, who the hell gave Scott Bain a three-year deal, Lawrence? <laughs> Listen, I, I think it's Ange. And, you know, I think he was riding two horses for a bit of time. He's planning to stay at Celtic. At the same time, he's planning to leave. And uh, I think that that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. He was talking about signings for next season. I've no doubt he was planning signing. For Celtic for next season, whilst you know, his agent speaking with Spurs. Very quick sidestep on goalies, though. Um, Barkas has also left the building. This one is obviously going I'm under the radar. I'm just going to say that. It's <laughs> funny how the last piece of official business Ange conducted a Celtic manager was telling Vassilis Barkas to do one, which is a yeah. bit unfortunate for him. Tearing um, up the contract. Uh, what a waste of money, Liam. What an absolute waste of money that particular deal has become. And of course, a Yeti is coming back to the club for any incoming manager to decide what they want to do with as well. Um, but again, it's it's legacy issues. Even Ange couldn't turn uh, Barkas into a decent goalie for Celtic. I'm sure that he's that's done pretty thing. well at I Utrecht. think there's a good keeper in there, but I don't think it, it, it would ever have been at Celtic. That's that's the problem. I think that first, the COVID season mentally destroyed that poor boy. Um mm-hmm. And I don't think he ever would recover from it at Celtic. Sometimes you just need to go somewhere else and just start again and see how you get on. Um, you know, that's a frustrating thing. He will go somewhere else and I believe he'll be a great goalkeeper. Just as I believe that a Yeti will go somewhere and be a decent striker. But it's not going to be at Celtic. It's well, that well he's done it. He's done it before, hasn't he? He's done it at Bal. He's done it before. Uh, Lawrence, I'm going to ask you this question. It seems as though over the last couple of weeks there's been a real furore around um, Ange leaving Celtic. But the media have revelled in it. And personalities, in inverted commas, within the media, former players, have all, I mean, they've been offering to you know, drive Ange down south himself, etc. It's almost as if once we get someone in the Scottish game, we just want to chase them away. I say we, certainly not Celtic. Uh, but it's a backward kind of mentality. Surely the more quality in our game, the better. No, definitely, mate. Listen, the run-up to the cup final, I didn't see too much in the Scottish media about the possibility of a world record eighth treble. No. I've not actually seen too much in the, the media since it happened either about it. You know, you know, look at Brendan, one of the guys that's in, in, the, in the running. You know, he, he made winning trebles look 
ordinary instead of extraordinary. And you know the manager since that have, have built on on that. But yeah, the, I, th- I think we all know the, the Scottish media's agenda when it comes to Celtic. You know, if we've got a good player, he's he's getting sold anywhere. You know, get the manager out. You know, you know, I think I just probably left a season early. You know, Strachan said, you know, probably got a shelf life of three years as a, a manager at a club like Celtic. And yeah, I felt Ange could have stayed longer. He could probably done more with developing talent coming into the first team. If there's one thing that I expected more of was was maybe that more youth development. But then again, maybe the youths weren't there. Maybe they weren't at the, the right level. The only one. The, the biggest disappointment actually for me I think was Ben Doak but again he's inherited a situation there isn't he where the boy's just about ready for first team football but already the English clubs are interested Yeah I think if Ange been in earlier he might have stayed but it's Jackie I think is Doak's manager you know, I think he was keen to get him moved down south and obviously that's what agents do get their, their players the best deal going you know wages they get to pick up their commission yeah, yeah, I was disappointed Doak left when he did, but maybe Ange wouldn't have been able to stop that. But actually, the amount of young players that we saw on the park was probably something that could have been improved on. Yeah, we'll see if that is a priority for the incoming manager. Jamie Young, Enzo, Marco, Knutson, Moyes, there's a list. Uh, that is indeed a list. And Anthony Beattie, Celtic is a good sell right now. Uh, good squad, finance, training facilities, Champions League. Um, just how good... Uh, or how big an allure the Celtic hold at the moment then, Liam? Um, I, I do agree with Anthony Beattie here. I think that we're in a very, very good place. Jungle Lion said it earlier. Money in the bank. You're coming in. You know, there's going to be a, a decent enough budget. You've got Champions League football. We're currently dominating. Um, and again, right, I'm trying to get as many positives as possible. We, we can use the fact that um, look at the gateway. Now, by the way, I'm buying into the whole thing that we are we are kind of like feeder or fodder even. Look at the gateway. Look at the gateway to the biggest league in the world. That, that's something we can use, obviously, with the example of Brennan Rodgers, with the example of Ange. I'd rather not have to use it, Liam, but it, it is, it's there, it's in black and white, isn't it? Ultimately, every manager in Europe and most beyond Europe their, the peak of their ambition is either to manage their country or to manage a team in one of the big five leagues in Europe. Spain, France, Germany, Italy and England. Right? So Celtic's pitch, if I was trying to bring on a new manager, I would say, look, get us till at the last 16 of the Champions League, you will get a job in one of those leagues in a couple of years. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Right, that's what will happen. Um, but you can also say, in the meantime, we can offer you a seven-figure salary. We can offer you probably an eight-figure player budget. We can offer you a squad that is far and away the best in its domestic league, so you're set up for consistent Champions League qualification, and all you have to do is maintain the current level. Yeah, That's before you even bring in any of your own ideas and your own players. Um, and you know that's the that's the platform. There are very very few teams in the, now. On one hand, people say, "Oh, Scottish football is crap because only two only two teams can win the league." And I had a friend of mine who's a Man United fan say to me, "Well, actually, recently it's more like only one team can win the league." I says, "I know, but you know, what can you do?" But then I looked at this graph that's been doing the rounds. I don't know if you've seen it of the league winners in those top five leagues in the last five years. Bayern Munich's won the league every year in Germany. Mm -hmm. Um, There have been three teams in England, two in France, I think, two or three in Italy, uh, two in Spain. You know, this is a Europe-wide problem, but Scotland seems to be the only league where it matters when people want to take cheap shots at us. Yeah, that's true. And that's an administrative thing. The people who run Scottish football do not do enough to challenge that narrative. They say, well, look, we're no different from Norway, where Rosenberg were the champions 15 years in a row, right? We're no different from Holland, where every year it's going to be Ajax, Feyenoord, or PSV, right? You know, we're, that's the thing. We need to 
fight back on this narrative because it's, for want of a better phrase, it's pish. <laughs> Sometimes that is the only descriptive word that you can use, Lawrence. I, I can I'm see sorry, it coming conversation. Yeah. I can think of that fits it. On Liam's pitch to a new manager, you know, the Champions League's expanding. It's not just the immediate pitch. You're saying, look, five and ten years' time, where's football heading? You know, it's expanded Champions League. That's what we are offering you. That's, you know, where where football's going to go. It's it. You know, if we just pitch and go, you know, there's a chance I could down to England. Are we really building for the long term? Yeah, that's part of it. There is. You know, maybe Strachan's right, it's three years, but bring in somebody like Moyes that doesn't want to do it. So look, football's going. It's going to be more European-based. It's expanded Champions League. You win the league here in Scotland, you're guaranteed that every season, every season builds your transfer budget. I'm going to ask you a question, Lawrence, right? Because you've mentioned Moise. It's going to be interesting this week, isn't it? I'll be, I'll actually be hosting every show this week. It's going to be interesting to hear everybody's name, right? So we've got from Liam, we've got Kevin Muscat. From you, Lawrence, we've got Moise. And actually, the way that you've spoken about David Moyes, I think you, you build a decent case. I really do. I think you build a decent case. He's in a Conference League final. I'm going to ask you a, a question, yes or no. If he was to take over at Celtic, do you think he could take Celtic into a final? Because it's going to be different, isn't it? Because if you're winning a league, it's always going to be the Champions League you're going to be aiming for. There's going to be no drop into the other tournaments. So, so either one season to do it would be this season with a drop in, wouldn't he? Right. Could he do it this season? Yeah, I think he could. You know, he's, he's done at West Ham. So if he doesn't get us out of the Champions League group, yeah, I think he could take us to a final. Lawrence, uh, you and I, like a powwow, normally Natasha's here to referee it. I noticed Liam was just reading his notes when we were having a, a slight disagreement in relation to the quality or otherwise of Celtic's recruitment um, for a new manager. It is a concern. We've got to get it right. Uh, and I think we've got to Mate, do it quickly. But even if you look at it, the two candidates get identified by Celtic's process, Eddie Howe and Ange Postacoglu, they're not bad managers to identify those two from your recruitment process. I know, but I'd love to see the text message from Peter Lowell to his son to say, oh, by the way, Eddie's just given a knockback. Any chance you could give us a name? Mate, and, you know, I'd I wonder how it dragged text. on so long. It was a weird thing. What, uh, how was telling them that allowed it to drag on so long? But yeah. we should be I've in control. I've got a contract. Yeah. I'm not signing it quite yet. I've run out of the ink in my printer to print it off. Could you post it to me? I, you know, it's kind of, how many of those excuses... We shouldn't buy it. No, you're right. We shouldn't buy that kind of thing. And and again, with regards to Spurs, we've basically you know been led by them on this one, and, and it's frustrating. But as a Scottish football club, that's exactly where we are in the food chain, as Liam points out. Listen, it's been fantastic um, agreeing, disagreeing, and talking all things Celtic on the Axon Bull. And thanks everybody for getting involved. I understand everybody is really keen to get involved, and you know what, fourteen hundred strong on the live stream today which is astonishing. Thanks, everybody, for supporting what Axom does. Give us a thumbs up on the YouTube channel. And Lawrence mentioned a couple of times Gordon Strachan. Spoke to him this morning, uh, Lawrence, because he is going to be joining me on stage at the end of this month. I cannot wait for that. Mate, what an education it is uh, just to listen to Strachan talk about football. You know, engaging, funny, entertaining. But, you know, it comes across as, you know, I think that Steen quote, you know, Celtic might not have been uh, my first club, but it will be my last. And Strachan comes across as that as, as well. If you haven't bought a ticket, get along, because, yeah, one of the best football guys out there. Yeah, he and, is. Mate, and he'll remind us that he got two last 16s with McManus and Caldwell as his centre-half pairing. So sometimes it's not all about the quality of the player, it's about the quality of the team. Yeah, you're right. And and the thing with Gordon Strachan in terms of what happens on these Q&A nights, he does it a bit differently, I've got to say. He's got his own presentation um, and he talks you through moments. You know, that's what, what Gordon does. A, a lot of other people just turn up, obviously, sit and answer your questions. But he's very interactive, very funny, insightful. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't think there's many uh, as interesting people as Gordon Strachan on the live circuit. So, yes... Join us. There are some tickets available. They're going very, very quick at this stage of the game. Ticket link is underneath this particular video. Thank you all for getting involved. We're going to be back in at 12.30 every single day, um, unless, of course, we need to do another emergency stream. 
which <laughs> often happens at this time of uh, proceedings. All that's left for me to say, Liam Carrigan, who is looking to Kevin Muscat, and Lawrence Conley, who's looking to David Moyes, thank you for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Network.